Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're learning what the Bible says about doctrine and theology, subjects that many Christians believe are too difficult to handle, too difficult to understand, or just too out of reach. And we continually seek to do this in a way that's relevant to our daily lives. You know, many people have a negative reaction when they hear the word theology, believing that it probably involves dry, fruitless arguments about minute points of doctrine, like, I don't know, how many angels can fit on the head of a pin? That's all, that's a great one there. <laughs> Yet, everyone is a theologian, right? Yep, that's right. <laughs> and anytime we think about teaching about the Bible and striving to understand it, truth is, we engage in theology. And here at Kitchen Table Theology, we want to help you understand Scripture so that your theology is founded on truth. So whether you're joining us from your car, working out, going for a walk, or sitting at your kitchen table with a cup of coffee in front of you, we want to say welcome. On today's podcast, we continue our new season of the Doctrine of Angelology. And today, Pastor Jeff, we're going to talk about the purpose of angels and how it fits into the overall purposes of God. So how about jumping off the diving board and let's all plunge in together. All right. Well, hi again, everybody, and thanks for joining us again here at the table. And Jen and I are in the same room again. Yes. I, I think maybe we'll be back a while. I hope so. Yeah, because Zoom is okay, so. but it's not the best. It's not. It's not. Your backgrounds that you choose for Zoom, though, are quite entertaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just pop up my headshot because you don't want to see what's going on behind the screen. Yeah, we gotta, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Um, and We've got our coffee. Now, today... We're going with Double D. We're going with Dunkin' Donuts today. Because it was out there and it's free. So we grabbed it. Hey, and we are good stewards. And we're off. (laughs) So to my daughter, Lauren, who works for Starbucks, uh, sorry about that. But today's we're going to talk about the purpose of angels within the purpose of God. And they certainly, angels do, certainly serve a number of purposes. They carry out God's will. They carry out God's desires. So let's just, as you say, dive in, jump in here. And first of all... We'll see this. Angels show the greatness of God's love and plan for us. That's one of their purposes, Mm. to show the greatness of God's love and plan for us. So human beings and angels, I think we talked about this last time, are the only moral, high, intelligent creatures that God made. Mm -hmm. And we can understand much about God's plan and God's love for us when we compare ourselves with the angels. And maybe just a word here about the differences between us and angels. First of all, nowhere in Scripture are we ever told that angels are made in God's image, as Mm -hmm. we have been. Mm -hmm. Theologian Dr. Wayne Gruden says something I found to be a little shocking, but I I can't disagree with it. He, He writes in his book, Bible Doctrine, that since being made in the image of God means to be like God, it seems fair to conclude that we are more like God even than the angels are. Whoa. Yeah, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. But okay, so I think about that literally and figuratively, because I don't think about us as humans being angelic enough in a figurative, maybe even moral standpoint. And then when we think about, you know, we reference heaven as being up and we're down below. So, you know, angels being in heaven and us being on earth, how can we 
figuratively or literally be above them? I, I don't know. Why are you asking me all these questions? <laughs> well, you you're, just, it out there. you're just throwing stuff at me. I'm completely unprepared for. Uh, you know, but you're, yeah, you're right. Because angels are not only up there, they're down here. Yeah. You know, and they're invisible. They can move around at will. There's, but they're not created in the image of God. So mm-hmm. maybe we are a little bit more like God, even than the angels are. And your point has a lot of merit. Because, or should I say your points have a lot of merit? Multiple. I just like to throw them at you. (laughs) You were going there. (laughs) Hebrews 2.7 says that for a little while, we are in fact lower than the angels. Mm. However, I I think we can find some support scripturally for us being above the angels, so to speak, by the fact that God will someday give us authority over angels to judge them. So, Jen, did you know that one day you will sit in judgment of angels, and boy, do I want to be there for that. You'll be like the person. Here's I don't how think I, picture I want it. to be there for that. I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> so wait, you've got to explain that one a little bit more for us. Us, Christians, will one day sit in judgment of angels. 1 Corinthians 6.3, do you not know that we are to judge angels? Mm. And Paul says that to the Corinthians, and I'm imagining the Corinthians then saying, nope, Nope, certainly didn't know that. (laughs) I'm holding up my hands and surrender, for sure. (laughs) But yeah, we will, as challenging, and it sounds far-fetched, you know, right now, but when our salvation has been fully realized and we are in heaven, in God's presence, we will be exalted above the angels and we will rule over them. In fact, even now, angels already serve us Mm -hmm. in many ways. We talked about that in our first podcast. I think on this angelology series that God, when it's necessary, sends angels from time to time to guard and protect us. And Hebrews 1.14 says, and he's speaking of angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? So an angel is a ministering spirit, and when that angel is sent by God to us, they serve us because we're going to be the ones who inherit salvation. Okay, so that's already a big one, but you said that there are a few differences between us and angels. So what are some of the others? I don't think I said that. I really mean that. (laughs) I think you said few, and few, by definition, is three or more. Oh, is it? It is. Because a couple is two, so a few has to be three or more. Things we learn on Kitchen Table Theology. That's good to know. It's true. I'm always—that kind of reminds me. I've been doing a lot of writing lately. When to use the word over and when to use the word more than. Like over 300 people or more than 300 people. There is a difference in how you use that in English. Oh, we're going to have to look that up. We might have to look that up and share it later. Which I did last week, but I cannot remember (laughs) today. Cannot remember now. Okay, so yeah, okay, there are a few differences. So yeah, we have the ability, okay, some of these are pretty obvious, but we have the ability to bear children, and those children bear children, and those children bear upon themselves the image of God as we do. And we can't find anywhere in Scripture where angels have the ability to reproduce themselves like we do, which I never, quite frankly, I never even thought about that before I studied for this podcast. But maybe they can, but nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that angels reproduce angels. There's some Christian romance. I put that in quotations. (laughs) Some Christian romance writers out there that would beg to differ. With you, but that's another podcast for another time. Well, that would be under Christian fiction, 
romance. And probably some heresy yeah. in there, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another huge difference between us and angels. And this one demonstrates how great and deep God's love is for us. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll get into this in future podcasts, but there was a time when angels sinned, mm-hmm. yet none of them were saved, nor was there a plan to save them. So Peter tells us in 2 Peter 2, 4, God didn't spare the angels who sinned, but cast them into hell and delivered them in chains of utter darkness to be kept for judgment. Jude 6 says the angels who did not keep their own position, but abandoned their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains in deep darkness for the judgment mm-hmm. on the great day. And I wonder if those will be some of the angels that we possibly judge. Well, that's pretty heavy, and it sure presents a marked contrast, very thankfully, between us and angels, that there is a plan for salvation. Because you think about it, when we sinned, God provided a plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. When angels sinned, He did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, there is a big contrast, and that that distinction is, is seen in that God created two groups of intelligent, moral creatures, us and the angels, and among the angels that sinned, God for whatever reason, chose not to redeem any of them. And he's God, and he has that right. When it comes to us, however, it was a very different story. Every one of us has sinned and turned away from him, and yet God decided to do much more than merely meet the demands of justice, and he decided to save some sinful human beings. In fact, the Bible tells us he decided to redeem out of sinful humanity a great multitude, a multitude so great, in fact, The Bible says no one can number it, Mm. and that great multitude is comprised of men and women from every tribe and tongue and nation. You read about that in Revelation chapter Mm 5. And just as we always do in God's sovereignty, we know whether we can understand it or not, there is a plan in place. Absolutely there is. so I know as we jump into the purposes, we might see that come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So are there any other differences between angels and humans? Yeah, there's many more. I'll just give you one more, and we don't need to spend much time of it. But we, as humans, we're created in two genders, in in spite of what society wants to say. God created us male and female, and angels are genderless. Mm -hmm. And I I was reading, actually, studying for the next podcast, I was reading something, and they kept referring to an angel, one of the books I was reading, to the angel as a she. Hmm. This angel went there, and she did this, and she did that. I'm but thinking, then we see references of Michael and Gabriel, which to us are male connotations with the names, oh, right? Oh, man. See, I wasn't ready for that one either today. <laughs> but they, we do know that they're genderless. My answer to that would be possibly they're, Michael's given that name. Just It helps us to understand and comprehend. And sometimes the angels show up as people. Mm-hmm. They can take on the form mm-hmm. of a human being. And in so doing, they take on the form of a male or they take on the form of a female, but they, as angels, are without a gender. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've covered then some of the differences, and now we'll jump into purposes. You've already said that one of the purposes of angels is to show God's great love and plan for us as people. What else do angels do to fulfill God's purposes? Well, they remind us that the unseen world is rear. Hmm. Rear? Real. Real. The unseen world is real. It is not in our rear view. It is in it's our not. present. It is real. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, we've got a tendency to say, 
I'll only believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. And that might work in some situations, but it is willfully inadequate when it comes to angels. It was only when the Lord opened the eyes of Elijah's servant to the reality of the invisible world that 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 servant saw a mountain full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. I read that passage today. I think that's in 2 Kings. Mm. It was incredible. He's like, we're outnumbered. And Elisha says, God, let him see what the reality of this situation is. And all of a sudden, the servant could see this angelic army and chariots of fire. That's where the old movie got its name. Don't you, don't you love that idea? Like, come on, man, he's really struggling. Just, yeah. just let him see. Just, just for a little bit. Yeah, just, just give him a little glimpse. Li- lift the curtain for just a second. And the guy's like, okay, we're never okay, going to lose. Yeah, we're going to be great. I'm good. So this, you know, what he saw was this angelic army sent to protect Elisha from his enemies. Hebrews reminds us that when we worship, we come into the heavenly Jerusalem, as it were, and as we do, we gather with myriads of angels in a festive gathering, Mm. and that's Hebrews 12, 22. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more about angels worshiping alongside of us mm-hmm. in the very next podcast. Now, we don't see angels unless God wants us to, but their presence is around us. The unbelieving world, I mean, when you think of how angels are portrayed, if you just walk into Cracker Barrel right now, because all the Christmas stuff is <laughs> it out. Is. I think it was up mid-September, it was. maybe September 15th. Maybe August. <laughs> yeah, there's, the, there's angels in there, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, the angels that we portray in our world are, you know, they're not the biblical angels that we're Mm -hmm. portraying in in our world. Well, we talked about that last time. No one's going to buy a figurine of an angel that has fire shooting out. Covered with eyes and like fire shooting out. Nobody's putting that on the top of their Christmas tree. Ooh, that is a theme. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we have this you know, you want to embrace these chubby little cherubs, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you call it, like the romantic thing? They shoot the bow and arrow um, of love into oh, somebody. Uh, Cupid. Cupid, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we yeah. have turned angels into, this roly-poly Cupid mm-hmm. that flies around, flitters around, really, mm-hmm. and they become decorative items around Christmas time. But angels are part of a very real, albeit unseen, world. And in that world... They carry out specific assignments on behalf of God. Like, they're just reminding us that the unseen world is real. They're carrying out God's purpose and plan in this world. So in carrying out, as you say, those purposes and His plan, what are then some specific things that you can point us to? Let's get a little bit more detailed here, that they can do only because they're angels. Yeah, there's lots of those examples. Let me just give us a quick laundry list. In previous podcasts, we've talked about how they bring messages from God to people. Mary at the tomb on Resurrection Day is one example of that. Angels have carried out some of God's judgments. Mm. For example, they brought a plague upon Israel in 2 Samuel. Angels struck down the leaders of the Assyrian army in 2 Chronicles. They struck King Herod dead because he did not give God glory. And that story is pretty amazing. And I just find that story sort of gets forgotten. Mm -hmm. It's in the 12th chapter of Acts. And it it says this, On an appointed day, dressed in royal robes and seated on the throne, Herod delivered a speech to them. The assembled people began to shout, 
It's the voice of a God and not of a man. At once an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give the glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. To quote my 13-year-old son, sheesh! (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty definitive description. That was an angel that did that. And the very interesting thing, when you read extra-biblical sources Mm. about how Herod died, it's pretty freaky how... Without saying what the Bible says, they say what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. It's that historical yeah. mashup. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's pretty cool. In Revelation 16, we read that angels are going to pour out bowls of God's wrath on the earth. We're still being specific here. When Jesus returns, angels are going to come with him mm-hmm. as a great army accompanying him. Zechariah says that they patrol the earth as God's representatives. And we know from the books of Daniel and Revelation that they carry out war against demonic forces, and they're doing that all the time. And is that where we get that phrase, spiritual warfare, Mm -hmm. that that comes into play? So maybe a quick summary will help us here, and then we can kind of start to wrap up today's podcast. We're talking about the purposes of angels as they carry out God's purposes, and we've seen that angels show us the greatness of God's love and His plan for us. And then we also know that they point to the reality of the unseen world in these very specific ways. Anything else? Well, let's touch on one more thing the angels do in fulfilling God's purposes. And they are constantly and directly glorifying God. They're always directly glorifying God. So, It's not only us who worship, praise, and glorify God in this universe. So the psalmist says, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, hearkening to the voice of his word. Now, we mentioned in our first podcast in this series that angels glorify God for his great plan of salvation as they are watching it unfold, although they don't fully understand it. And we do know that they rejoice in heaven when one sinner repents, so they understand that much at least. And and I'll wrap it up with this. When the Apostle Paul proclaimed the gospel and people from various and diverse racial and ethnic backgrounds responded to the truth and they, they were brought into the church, Paul saw God's sovereign plan for the church as being displayed not only before the angels, but also before the demons. I what? So in Ephesians 3.10, Paul says, look, I was called to preach to the Gentiles so that, and here's what Paul says, God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. So the rulers and authorities in the heavens are angelic and demonic. And Peter tells us that angels long to look as salvation works itself out in the lives of God's children every day. And finally, and this is just one of those interesting asides of Scripture that I find fascinating, in church worship, Paul told the Corinthians that a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels, indicating that angels witness the lives of Christians and glorify God for our worship and obedience. So hold on there. So women are to wear certain clothing or a head covering for the angels? Why why aren't you wearing one right now? Normally you wear an Alabama baseball cap. I do. I actually washed my hair last night, though, so I just just let it blow in the the wonderful breeze today. (laughs) So explain that a little bit. What in the world is that all about? 
Yeah. How did I know you might want to take a little swing at that? <laughs> that's an entire podcast really for another time. And suffice it to say, that's, by the way, that's 1 Corinthians eleven ten. Hmm. That is one of the most difficult passages in the New Testament to understand. It has been discussed and argued, and people have posited all kinds of different views about this for centuries. So I'm certainly not going to answer it, but I will tell you the two most prominent views. So why don't you read that verse again so we get it in our heads? A woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. So the two most prominent views on that are, number one, the angels watch events on earth, and they are concerned about the quality of Christian fellowship. Hmm. And since angels are sent to serve humans, they no doubt care about what's happening in the Christian community. So Jesus tells us that there are angels sent to serve individual churches. Uh, Revelation, man, chapter 2, it's all about that. Mm -hmm. And he says he himself was seen by angels while on earth. So the worship of angels is forbidden, but angels are involved in some sense in Christian community, in Christian ministry, in Christian worship here on earth. So they want our worship to be proper and respectful towards God. And this view is held by most, but as you can tell, it really doesn't explain anything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's harkening back to earlier in 1 Corinthians, or I think it's earlier, might be later, Paul tells women that they should cover their heads. Mm. And then he later says you should have this as a symbol of authority because on your head because of angels. So secondly, and I lean toward this one a whole lot more, because that first explanation, kitchen table theologian, if you're like, wait, I need to go back and hear that again because I'm not sure I heard a really good answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Don't rewind it. You didn't hear a really good answer. <laughs> secondly, it is possible that the word angels there in 1 Corinthians 11.10 actually refers to human messengers. The word in the Greek here is angelos or angelos. It can That word can refer, and it's, it's used to refer to angelic, and sometimes it's used to refer to human messengers. And so the translators have to figure out what, what it is based on the context. So with that in view, Paul's telling, you know, if you go that route, Paul's telling the Christian women to show restraint in their freedom so that non-Christian guests do not raise accusations when visiting their meetings. Now, here's where I think it begins to make sense. Human messengers, or another translation of this is tale bearers, hmm. T-A-L-E, bearers of tales, tell people who tell stories. Sometimes government spies would show up at Christian gatherings, and they would report back to the authorities what the meetings were about. And we actually have some of their writings still in existence that we have found. Hmm. And they tell some of the early emperors what's going on in these Christian gatherings. So this may mean that Paul was concerned that the women would act in the church services as they would act in their culture. In their culture, women kept their heads covered. Mm -hmm. And because of freedom in Christ, when they would come into church, they would remove their head coverings sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it could quite be that Paul's saying, look, we got spies in the midst They're going back, and anything that they can use against us, they're going to use against us. So ladies, if you wouldn't mind, keep your heads covered so that they can't use this against us in first century Corinth type of a thing. Hmm. So he calls for propriety 
because he's concerned about what outsiders would think. But see, there I have a hard time imagining that Paul, super bold, type A, would have been concerned about what others thought about Christian worship services, or or was he? Yeah, good point, but I think he was. In 1 Corinthians 14, 23, he very plainly argues for propriety in church services, especially as it regarded speaking in tongues. And he basically said, look, if it's all confusing and multiple people are all talking out loud in other tongues, and then he says this, and people who are outsiders and unbelievers come in, will they not say that you Mm -hmm. are out of your minds? Mm -hmm. So some commentators believe that the word angelos or angeloi could even be referring to government informers. So we've Mm -hmm. gone from the word angels to Mm -hmm. human messengers to government informers. So there's there's a lot of discrepancy in, um, among the translators for that particular word. I like that second explanation. Though. I, I can see that Paul's saying we've got to remove anything that people can use against us. Mm-hmm. And above reproach. And type. be above reproach yeah. and just stay within your culture and still worship God in that freedom. Sure. And I think there's lots of different areas that we could talk about that. Oh, yeah. Know, beyond yeah. head coverings. And but it's quite things, possible yeah. that verse has... It's, it's possible that verse has absolutely nothing to do with angels. Gotcha. Well, to summarize and wrap up here a little bit, the purpose of angels. Angels show the greatness of God's love and plan for us. Angels remind us that the unseen world is real. Real. Hey, you did it I too. I did it too. <laughs> the unseen world is real. And that angels are constantly and directly glorifying God. And probably an example of something all of us should remember the greatness of God's love and plan for us, remembering that that unseen world is real and that we should be constantly and directly directly glorifying glorifying God. God. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and leave us a review. That way more kitchen table theologians like you can discover us. It only takes about 60 seconds and it really makes a difference. We really love reading your reviews and your questions. So, Continue to send those in as well. Also, recommend this podcast to your friends and family and do share it on social media. Please check out today's episode notes for further information and resources. And don't forget to head over to jeffcranston.com where you may freely access our podcast archives and other resources to help your faith journey, like Pastor Jeff's sermons, his books, and his blog. Our topic for the next podcast will be how we relate to angels and how angels relate to us. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So as we leave you today, we want to encourage you, as always, to remember that the real power of theology is not just knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.